Good morning, everyone. How are you? This is such an exciting time and season, right? How many here this morning are excited for the Christmas season? Raise your hand. All right. And how many of you are not just excited, but you have also already decorated and you're all set for the Christmas season? Raise your hand. All right. I see the hands going up. Now, how many people here haven't even started, and you're just like, man, I'm panicking. Okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. And last but not least, out of curiosity, how many have started their Christmas shopping? Wow, I'm not even close, not even close, I have to admit. So the other day, I was driving in the car, and I was listening to Christmas music, which feels like it started November 1st. Uh, but I was listening to the songs, and in the station, they were talking about uh, what stresses people out during the season. And they were doing a survey. And I was listening to what the people were saying, and I was surprised at some of the stuff that people were feeling stressed about uh, during this season. But 48 percent of people that called into the station were stressed about this one thing. Can anybody guess what that was? We can shout it out. What is it? Christmas lights. What else? Money. What else? Buying gifts. 48 percent of people on this station were stressed about cooking cooking. Like, that's a no-brainer for me for Christmas, right? I'm thinking, arroz con andules, some pastele, lechon. Like, what is there to stress about? But they were. 48% of the people were stressed about cooking. And it got me thinking, what else do people stress about during this season? So we're going to show the top five that I was able to find And the first one that we're going to start off with, it's going to come up behind me, is the number one is no money or feeling broke during the Christmas season, right? Which some people can relate to. I can relate to that. You don't know where you're going to find the extra income to buy the gifts that you want to buy. So that was number one on this survey. And then number two, is it with me? Don't know what to buy. And then once you buy it, you don't even know if they're going to like it. So that was the number two, right? They were worried about, what am I going to buy? And what do you buy somebody who has everything? That's the hardest one, right? You go through the list, you're like, what am I going to get? And then are they even going to like it? That was number two. Now, number three does not apply to anyone sitting in this room today. But number three is seeing your family. Now look straight ahead, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. For some people this is great, but for some people this is touchy, right? Because most of us have that one family member that we're just like, man, we have to see them once a year and it's coming right up. Don't look, don't look, it's okay. I'll say it for you. Then the fourth one is For all my single people, number four, if you're single, that dreaded question, is there someone special in your life, right? And if you come from a Spanish background and you're with Spanish families, I feel like they do this more to 
to ladies, they're like, "Nena, qué te pasa?" Right? Te estás poniendo vieja. You're getting old, right? We all know this, right? You're getting old, and then it depends on your family dynamics. They feel like they're going to give you some um, helpful information, right? You know, like maybe if you did your hair and put on makeup, or you know, maybe if you lost some weight. You know, they feel that kind of helpful around the Christmas uh, season. So that's the number four thing: is if you're single, that dreaded question. And the last one is. Too many parties. People are feeling stressed because they have too many events to go to, and I just saw a face like, "Too many parties? How can that be?" But yes, for some people that is. So those were the top five that I found. But then it got me thinking even further: What else is there? You know, how many of us can relate to this? But there's so much more, right? Some of us can be going through our own family problems, our own situations. Maybe our marriage isn't. As strong as we thought it was, or something's happening in our home, or maybe we're stressed about our children, right? Maybe we're having a tough time with a child, or our child is going through something, and it's just not that cheery of a season. You know, maybe trouble is brewing in your life at work. Maybe things aren't going so well, or maybe you've been looking for a job and haven't been able to find one. So the season can be. A kind of stressful season, or you found a job, right? But now you hear rumors that they're going to do layoffs. So whatever situation you are going through, or some of us sitting here, you don't know. You can look to your left, and you can look to your right, and you don't know what people are going through. And they just seem to can't find that joy, that peace that we hear about in this season, right? So today, we're going to be talking about uh, the second uh, part of our messy Christmas series that we started last week.、Uh, we're going to be highlighting a different theme for Advent. And last week we highlighted hope, and today we're going to be talking about peace. Now, what is peace? We tend to say that peace is the absence of war or freedom from disturbance. But today we're going to look at peace through a different lens. You see, in the Old Testament, the word peace is translated in Hebrew as shalom. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole, a, a stone that has a perfect shape. It's complete with no cracks in it. Shalom refers to something that is complex with lots of pieces that is in a state of completeness and wholeness. Much like us, where our life is complex and full of moving parts and relationships and situations, and when any of these are out of alignment or they're missing something, our shalom breaks down. Our peace breaks down. Our life is no longer whole. But needs to be restored. Circumstances around us are no longer at peace. Relationships are no longer at peace, and these things need to be restored. So here we see that we were made to be at peace with life, with people, with situations, and this peace can only come from a right relationship with God. 
That's the only way that this is going to come. It doesn't mean that we won't have any troubles. It doesn't mean that there won't be wars going on around us. But in the midst of them, we can be at peace. Now, when we look in the New Testament, and we've heard uh, this verse today, the, pe- the word for peace is a Greek word, and it's, I'm going to try and say it right, it's erenye. And it's used in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, peace here, Erenye, has this definition. It's of the Messiah's peace. It's the peace that he brings, that God, through his Son, has brought for us. It's the way that leads to peace, to salvation. It's also the tranquil state of the soul, assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. So it doesn't matter what your lot is in life. You are at peace. That's what it's describing in the New Testament. You see, we are called to have peace. The peace that God came to bring to to us through salvation. And we are also called to bring peace to lives around us, to situations around us, and to relationships around us. So we're called to be at peace with the relationship we have with God, but we're also called to be peace in whatever situation we are in with others. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We are called to have peace, and we're also called to bring peace. Now this morning, I want to bring someone forward who is a true example of living a life of peace. I'm going to call Sue forward to join us. So can we give her a hand for agreeing to do this? And we have a microphone for you and everything, Sue. Thank you, Sue. Sue has been with us from the very beginning. She was the director of our Sunday school uh, ministry for about, I'm going to say 15 years, but I could be wrong. Oh, 20, for about 20 years. Uh, She's just been a part of us in the fabric of who we are. And I don't know if many of you follow her on Facebook, but she's pretty cool on Facebook. I follow her there because she always has these great jokes. She has this way of looking at life. And if she's not your friend and you're on there, I suggest you make her your friend. So thank you for joining us, Sue. Um, Sue, I thought of you when I was uh, preparing for this teaching because there's just this 
peace about you that I see and this joy in your life. So I wanted to know if you could share with us, a few years ago you were given some news, and if you could share a little bit about that with us. Sure. Um, It'll be eight years in January. I was always faithful, going dutifully to have um, a mammogram done every year. And when I went eight years ago, uh, I got back less than uh, a report that you don't want to hear. I ended up having uh, stage one breast cancer and had uh, a biopsy done, uh, had surgery, went through chemo, radiation, and another year of... um, Infusion, so it encompassed from January until October uh, with treatment. Um, but through all that, of course, you have the side effects that don't go away once you're done with treatment as well. So it was a very long year. Now, when you were given this diagnosis, uh, what did you do? How did you react to the news? I think the way anybody would. Nobody wants to hear that you have cancer. Um, It causes a lot of fear, a lot of um, questions. It's a diagnosis that you're in shock initially with. And you sit there and you go, why me? Except that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. So that turned into, well, why not me? But then you still have to deal with it. Um, if I can just share a scripture in, in John sixteen thirty three, uh, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I knew that God was ultimately in control, whether it's a diagnosis of cancer or some of the other things that Diana mentioned earlier, whether it's finances or your marriage or problems with your job or your children. We're told that we will have trouble in this world, and it's a matter of how we're going to respond to that. So how did you find peace? during that time because it wasn't just like you said the diagnosis it was the treatment it was the after effects I'm sure it impacted the family so how did you find peace and how did you stay in peace uh, during that season in short um, in Christ Um, and that's why it's important not to wait until you have a crisis to have that kind of relationship with the Lord Because then when you receive news or you go through something, you're already in that relationship where you can draw strength and find peace. Um, Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And regardless of what we're going through, It's so easy to give God thanks. There's so many positive, grateful things that you can look at. And you sit there and you say, with cancer, what can you be thankful for? But there were so many things. I was thankful in my case that I was diagnosed early. 
I was thankful that I had insurance, that I had a church and family and friends that were supporting me, that in this country we have access to good medical care, um, that so much research has happened in, in, the, in the cancer field that treatments and options were available, um, that I was able to keep working through it all. So a lot of it was just giving thanks regardless of what we're going through or what you're in. You can always find something um, to be thankful for. And when, when you do that and you're, you're in communion with God, in other words, you can just rest in that. How can you not have peace when you're, when you're resting in who God is and in his promises and, and his word and, and his love for you? Um, Philippians 4.8 tells us, depending on the version that you use, I love the, the different wording. It's, he, he tells us what to dwell on, what to think continually about, what to focus on, what to keep your mind on. And what are those things? He says, praiseworthy things. And what's more praiseworthy than our Lord? So if that's what your focus is on, that's what you're dwelling on, um, you fix your eyes on Christ and stay focused on him. And I have to be honest, it was really a honeymoon time for me with the Lord. It was such an awesome experience to be just to be that close with the Lord in communion with him and feeling his love for you and how much he cares for you and it was it was worth it just to experience that during those months going through that hard time instead of woe is me or being worried or fearful just to be able to be in a honeymoon with the Lord. And that's available to all of us if we take the time to do that, to just rest in him and, and who he is and how much he loves you. Amen. Amen. Now, what words? I mean, she shared right there uh, quite a few nuggets. What words of wisdom would you share with someone that's currently facing a medical report or news that is challenging their peace? In Psalm 139, it tells us that God planned all the days of our life. Nothing's a surprise to him. He planned every single day. He knows everything that's going to happen to us. And he has a good plan for us and a purpose for everybody's life. He sees the big picture, and he's in control. If you'll only trust him, trust him with your life and with what's going on. If you're, fix, if you're fixing your eyes on him instead of your problems or the bad news that you received or what you're going through, you can have that peace. It, he offers it to us. Just knowing, especially like in the Christmas season, and you always hear the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. He's with you through whatever it is that you're going through. So I would just say to, 
focus on him, not your problem or your trial or your bad news. Abide in the vine, and he's with you. He'll see you through it. Just fall in love with him again, or if you haven't, then for the first time. Amen. Thank you so much, Sue. Really appreciate it. Let's give her a hand. Thank you so much, Sue. I appreciate you doing this. It's so awesome to see how God works things out because we didn't sit down to do this interview. We knew the questions, but she hit all the points that I'm going to be talking about uh, today. See, maybe this season for you is a messy season with troubles around you. You're feeling overwhelmed by them. Or maybe your life is fine, but you're overwhelmed by the news that you hear, right? You turn on the news and You look around and it feels like this world is a mess and maybe that is overwhelming you. But whatever situation that you are in today, sitting here today or joining us via live stream, whatever situation you're in, I want you to listen to what Jesus says, what God's word says on John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. And I saw this quote and I loved it. And the quote says, the world didn't give me peace and the world can't take it away. You see, God's word says that my peace, my peace I give to you. The world didn't give us peace. God gave it to us. And sometimes when we see a situation, when we face a situation, what we do is we relinquish that peace. We give it away. It's not taken from us. See, peace can't be taken from us, but we can give it away. And what we have to do is not do that, not relinquish our peace. So how do we remain in peace? when we're going through all of these things. How? How do we do it? So I broke down the word peace, and each letter in the word peace has a meaning or a word that goes associated with it. And if you have a bulletin and you want to take some notes, you can turn to the back of it and write in your bulletin. And we're going to start with the P in peace. Now the P is for his providence, God's providence. And we're going to read Matthew 14. Okay, we're going to start. You guys can go to Matthew 14 if you have your Bibles and go to verse 22, but I'm going to set this up for you uh, a little bit, what was happening before. They had gone with Jesus, the disciples had gone with Jesus, and they were with a multitude of people, and the disciples looked at Jesus and said, "Uh uh-oh, We have a lot of people here, and it's about lunchtime, and we need to feed them. How are we going to feed them? And they were talking to Jesus, and, you know, some of them were like, you know, send them away and have them come back. Let them go buy their own meal. But Jesus looked at them and said, no, we're going to feed them. And in the story before verse 22, they only were able to scrounge together five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, they had over 5,000 men, the Bible tells us. It doesn't count children. It doesn't count women. And they were able to feed 
5,000 plus people with the five loaves of bread and the two fish. So as soon as this is over, this is where we pick up. Jesus says to his disciples in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And we're going to skip down to verse 31. And when they climbed into the boat, when Jesus climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now why this story? In this story, Jesus told them to get into the boat, right? They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't uh, look at the people and say, now we have to clean up, let's get out of here. Or they didn't run away. Jesus told them to get into the boat. They were being obedient to his instructions. They got onto the boat. So sometimes the storms and the troubles that we face were not because we did anything wrong. Sometimes it's not because we did anything wrong. God knows the plans and the purpose that he has for you. Trust him to know how everything will play out. If you're in a storm right now, know that God did not cause it. He didn't cause it. He allowed it. It did not take him by surprise. Nothing comes to you that God doesn't know about. He is over it, beyond it, through it, above it, and in it. This is where we may not understand what we're going through. We may not know the reason why we're in the middle of the situation that we're facing, but we know that his purpose has brought us here, and he is in complete control of all things. Amen? He is in complete control of all things. So the P is for his providence. You may not understand it, but he is in full control, and he knows what he is doing in your life. The E is for earnest requests or earnest prayers. See, in the same story in Matthew, it says that Jesus went away to pray. And I was reading um, different um, what is, uh, studies on this scripture, and in some of them they're saying maybe he was praying for the, for the disciples. And we don't know what he was praying for, but he went away and he prayed. But in Mark 6, 47, 48, it's talking about the same story, and it says, Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land, meaning Jesus was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining the oars because the wind was against them. 
And shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Jesus could see what was going on, just like God can see what is going on in our lives. He knows exactly what is happening. And then I found this verse that I have to admit I had never seen before or, or read. Or, and in Hebrews 7.25 it says, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. So we sometimes, um, you know, Sue was saying we're not alone. We're not alone. You know, somebody may not be there with you, but God is there. He sees what you're going through. He's interceding for you. As your prayers go up before them, he hears them. He's receiving them. See, after Jesus ascended to heaven and was seated at the right hand of God the Father, he returned to the glory he had before coming to earth to carry on his role of King of kings and Lord of lords. While this old earth continues to be won over for Christ, Jesus is the advocate for his children, meaning he is our great defender. This is the intercessor, intercessor, accessory role he currently fulfills for those who are his. Jesus is always pleading our case before the Father like a defense lawyer on our behalf. This is where we can find peace, knowing that he is going before us to the Father with whatever situation we are facing. Whatever it is, he sees us, he hears us, His eyes are on us. He can see what we are going through. And he is earnestly petitioning on our behalf to the Father. The A in peace is for assurance. He is there with you. He is the great I am in the midst of whatever storm you could be facing. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2, it says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We need to learn to recognize God in our storms. He was there with the disciples. He was there. But at first, his disciples didn't realize it because they didn't recognize his presence. They were afraid, and they had no peace. Corrie Boone said this, If you look at circumstances, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be 
depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. Amen? And that's what Sue was talking about. Who are you going to focus on? You focus on Christ. God's plan is for your peace. His plan for us is to live in peace, to be at peace. We need to walk in the assurance that no matter what we're going through, we are not alone. He is right beside us. It doesn't matter the size of our circumstance, whether we're passing through the waters, right? Because this verse breaks it down. It's whether we're passing through the waters. That could be something that may seem minor to others, but it's big to you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if the rivers are full, right? They're coming up and maybe you feel like, you know what, Lord, I can't do this. I can't. I feel like I'm going to drown. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you're in a full-fledged blaze. I mean, you can't see left or right. It doesn't matter where you are. He is there. God is with you and you are not alone. Amen? The sea in peace is for comfort. Why did Jesus put them on that ship if he knew that they were going to encounter a storm? Why did they go on that ship? And why did he come walking on water? Because he could have taken care of it from the mountain where he was. He could have just said, storm, be still, and that be the end of it. But he didn't. You see, he was teaching them a spiritual lesson. God comes to you with power to sustain you in your storm. Even though the disciples were scared, they were worried, and all the thoughts that go on in our heads when we're going through something, they were not shipwrecked. The waves they feared would put them under, those same waves that they thought were going to just put them under and shipwreck their boat, Jesus was walking on those waves. What they thought was going to be over their heads was already under his feet. I don't care what problem you're facing, and I know I can look around here. Sometimes we get the prayer request, you're facing some serious situations. But I want to tell you that he has subdued your problems. He is head over every situation that you could face. He is head over walking over it. John 16, says, These things have I spoken unto you, that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's already overcome it. And in Ephesians 1, And God has put all things under his feet, and given him to be head over all things. All things are under his feet. They're under his feet. He says, you're going to have storms, but I have overcome them. What you think is over your head is really under my feet, is what he says to us. So find comfort, my brothers and sisters. Find comfort. He has already overcome whatever you are facing. And the last E is for expectation. Expect and believe that God is who he says he is and expect and believe that God will do what he said he will do. You 
See, we hear it. We know it, right? We've heard these words before. But do we believe it? Do we expect these things to happen for him to do what he said he was going to do? Psalm 37 Verses 23 and 24 say, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He is right there with you, holding you by your hand. You will not fall. You will not be overcome by this. He is with you. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Psalm 4.8 reads, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And that's one of the beautiful things um, that Sue was sharing. I've never heard anybody say that when they went through a situation like this, it was their time to really, you know, get to know the Lord and fall in love with him. And that was her, how she was viewing her relationship with him. And she was at peace and she could be at peace because he was over her Life and she could rest and dwell on that. And Second Thessalonians three sixteen says, "Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you." We have to expect and believe that God is who He says He is, and expect and believe that God will do what he said he will do. Amen? I want you to listen to the words of this song and watch the dance, and I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to just minister uh, to you during this moment. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. We worship you this day, Lord God, we glorify your name, Lord God, because we know, my Lord, that you are our wonderful counselor. You are our Prince of Peace, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, I pray that we would leave here today, Lord God, and that we would believe and expect and believe that you are who you say you are that we would expect you to do what your word says you will do, Lord God, that we will walk out of here, Lord God, and choose peace in our circumstances, choose to keep our eyes focused on you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, and we just worship you this day, Lord God. I pray that you would touch each and every heart in this room and those that are joining us via live stream, Lord God, that you would touch them, Lord God, that you would be their Prince of Peace, Father God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas.